Monday. Our energy's a little low. Dude. But we're here. My, I feel like my energy's like super mellow right now. Like not super low, but like even keel. There's nothing wrong with that. You can't always be all the way up at uh, one hundo. Well, like I just, it turns up like I get like geared up. You know how I go. Yeah. You were telling everyone on the last episode. Yeah, go tune into our last episode 32 and you'll understand why. Was it the last episode or maybe it was the episode before no, that? No, it was the last one. Yeah. It I, was. How you charge your batteries. That's how I charge my batteries. I love that analogy, by yeah, the way. I plug them into the wall. Did you make that up on your own? Did you uh, take that from someone? You knew I took it. I took it from somebody. I can't remember who it was. Hey. And I don't want to claim credit. It's all about the art of stealing, you know? You learn all these different things that are out there, and you kind of take what you like, and you apply it in your life. Isn't that in a book somewhere? Yeah, there's a book called The Art of Stealing. You know, now, what? like you said, it's good to give people credit, and we will continue to do that, but that's how you grow as a human being, is you learn from other people, and copying is the what what is that saying um the most sincere form of like flattery or something yeah like you had such a, oh that's actually funny because i told you for uh, helping me out there i was trying to figure out that's actually something good to jump into so let's i'm gonna i'm gonna open it up real quick welcome to another episode of unscripted exchanges we're back and we're ready to have a good we're time. back well hayden you hit on something really good um that I think is a, is something it's it's good to share. So, life lesson from an eight for an eight year old that I gave. That's something we can all take away from. Mm-hmm. So the other day, I don't know. Like this was right after we went on vacation with some friends, and Ava was getting super like irritated with her her best friend because her best friend copies like her a lot of her the stuff she does. Ah. And we've all been there in life, right? Especially at a young age, like. It used to be so irritating when you do something in class and somebody else would do it. Yeah. Or like you'd make a joke and the other person would make it louder and then everybody would laugh when they did it. And you're just like, I I said that. But then nobody believed you. They're like, whatever. Like, okay, dude. So uh, she was getting like really irritated about, she's like, well, you know, Paige is doing this and yeah, and all this and that. And I, remember I was talking to her about it and I was like, it's okay that she's copying you. That means it's a good idea, mm-hmm. Ava. Like, if you do something really neat or really cool, like why wouldn't somebody want to copy you? If I was sitting down with you in class and I saw you do a really cool picture and I couldn't come up with something, I would absolutely copy you. Like I, no no questions asked. Like there's nothing wrong with that. She goes, but it's really irritating because I'm the one. I'm like, you should take that as a compliment. That means you have really good ideas and you should stop worrying about that. And I think. In life, we have a lot of situations where we feel like we're being piggybacked off of, mm-hmm. and I think the correlation there is we always want like a lot of times we fall back into like, well, I want the, you know, I want the attention for that, or I want somebody to notice that, or you know, well, I got the new job. I don't care if somebody else got a new job, right? Or I got the new car. I don't care about somebody else's new car. Why does everybody care about that? Right, you want your ego to be stroked. Yeah. You don't want the attention to be turned away to someone else when you th- thought you had the, you know. Well, it's it's like, yeah, exactly like that. Or like we see, we do something at work and we want everybody to notice it. Mm-hmm. And when somebody else does something similar to that, we're like, well, that's not special. Like I did it first. And it's like, 
who cares? I mean, you probably had a good idea. That's what, like you should take it as a compliment that other people are like following suit. The more people that are copying you, you're probably doing something right. I love that lesson. So please take note, folks. Yeah, I just I don't know. I thought it was even super- if you're a business owner starting up something and you know that there's a lot of people involved in the same field, like that means you're getting into a highly competitive market and it's probably a good idea. Right. People are copying you for I right. I actually read this uh I had a quote earlier, and I'm trying to find it right now. This might be the first time Cole's broken out his phone. Well, it's because I was on the motivation app, which is awesome because it like you can schedule like motivational quotes. Can we get sponsored by them? I I want to. I wonder who owns them. I don't know if they're there's like, millions of different. This is my favorite apps. one because I do like it. Just quotes, but it, like I can schedule. Like it sends them to me like a couple in the morning and like a couple in the afternoon. Maybe we'll just start our own. We definitely should. Hold on. Uh. The only bad workout is the one that didn't happen. I liked that one a lot. I really like that one. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Real quick while you're trying to pull that up. You, but, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, because we don't want uh, just dead silence. People are going to be like, wait, what happened to the audio? <laughs> Do you ever... To this day, still get a little bit, I don't know, ticked off, upset if someone is like taking something that you thought was yours or um, the way that I just described that didn't make sense. But like if someone were copying your idea or are you kind of beyond that and you I'm know, over that. Yeah. I mean, I take it as a compliment. Like I want people to copy me. Yeah, like you're practicing what you're preaching. Is yeah, what I you're mean, I legitimately you're... like want people like if I do something really sm- like smart like toot my own horn, but if I do something really intelligent or a, a quick way of doing things, I want everybody to do it. I'm like one of those people that's like, this was so awesome. Like, who else can I tell about it? Who else can I like share this secret with? Yeah, the biggest form of like a compliment is when somebody's like, I want to do it too, especially as an adult. Because as adults, we all have more of our own opinions, right? We're like, mm-hmm. So they're more educated opinions. They're more, they have a lot more experience behind them. So when you say something, when you do something or say something, and like and another adult or like a group of adults like follows you with that, that's a bigger compliment, right? That makes you a leader. Yeah, and that's kind of neat to me. So no, I don't. So what about you? Let's not really. I mean, every now and then, maybe like the initial like moment that I see something that, and again, it's like what's what's an example. Um, I I guess I don't really have a good example, but. I guess what I'm saying is even no matter what your age is, like I'm sure you could feel that sense of jealousy for a split second Uh and then recognize, Oh, that's awesome that someone's trying to, you know, imitate or do something that's good for them. That might be similar to something that I try to promote and go out and do. Well, and it's uh, it's like no idea is fully owned by anyone. And it's hard too, as like as adults, I also feel I'm not in that situation a lot. Like maybe you're probably not either like, where there's a, an opportunity for somebody to actually copy you without you like, like let's 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 use an example here. Sorry to jump no, in again, but let's say like ten of our closest friends, whether they were mutual friends or not, started their own podcast. How would you react? I'd be pumped. Would you? Yeah, I mean, you know, if they called it unscripted exchanges too, <laughs> I might not be so happy. You know what I mean? Or like, I guess it'd still be marketing to some degree. Yeah, for us. but I think it'd be, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd totally encourage it. I, you know, it's again, 
what we're going to say is genuine and, and valuable in, in the field we're going after, you know? Right. They might have different opinions. I'd make sure, I'd be like, I'd be a little upset if I wasn't asked to be a guest on it. Okay. All right. I like um, that answer. But yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff again is like, as adults, we have good ideas and these are like life things, right? Versus, mm-hmm. I think as a, as a, there's not, a, maybe that, that was a loaded thing because as children, we were in more situations where the copying was very like blatant mm-hmm. and not necessarily like uh, initiated by us. Like you, like as a kid, you're not like, "Hey, look at what like I'm drawing a lion." Like you should draw one too. You just notice the person sitting next to you drawing a lion. You're like, "That sob copied me." <laughs> and the worst part is when that sob did a better line than you. And you're like. That son of a bitch. And they they drew even better. They did a better job than mine, where they finished it first. So they t- then you. The worst part was a kid when you look. You're the one that looked like the copier when it was your idea. But what's cool about that is it's making you think how to build your product or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But sticking into more of a business mindset here, like it makes you think that, okay, I've got this product. Someone else has just released something that's a little bit better than mine. So it, it turns into a competition yeah. and you're always trying to figure out how can I make my product better? Well, I wonder if we looked at it that way as kids, we have to teach Ava that like, you know, with the, if somebody's copying you doing it right now, you got to figure out how you can do it a little bit different. So they can't copy you. Like yeah. that's a good challenge. Like, Hey, somebody's starts, if you had somebody copying you a lot, like that's cool. Try to do things a little bit more challenging and see if they can copy you. Yeah, try to make it so it can't be replicated. Right. That makes you have a very high competitive advantage and you'll be able to outlast, you know, whomever tries to enter the market. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. A lot easier said than done, but now he's typing that in his No, notes. I found my quote. Okay. Found, okay, so here's the quote. Because this might be something we want to talk about. I, this stuck with me so much. The reason people find it so hard to be happy is that they always see the past better than it was, the present worse than it is, and the future left less resolved than it will be. Wow. Yeah. It's like, deep. think about that. Like, think about like our happiness. I, and I, so I'll say like this, Pat, this weekend was, for me, was so filled with I would agree with that, though, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I actually like saw this, and it, it hit me hard because this weekend, like from the outside looking in, I got I got to spend a ton of time with my daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to spend a ton of time with my wife. It was outside. It was like 75 degrees. And for some reason, we all go through this. I had this, like, this these three days. I was like, they were so great. Looking back, on them fantastic. But in the moment, I was, like, on – I was edgy. I was on edge. Like, I was thinking about what's coming up next – or like, did I say this right to them, or did I handle this situation? I'm thinking about all, this, all these external factors, and then I'm like worrying about it, like laying in bed last night. I'm like having anxiety, like, and then, then this morning I woke up and I got to work and I read this, and I'm like, actually, like it was a phenomenal weekend. Like I, yeah, did I have was my stress level a little higher for some unbeknownst reason to me? Yeah, like, but looking back on it, it was great. Like right now, where I'm at right now, this is a great day. And I thought the the future is less resol- is more resolved. Do you think? Think that was like really what stuck to me because I feel like we find ourselves so much worrying about what's coming up. Especially I do. Like really, time like oh, you're what not I- alone. Hey, what do I have coming up next in the day? Mm-hmm. Right? What what's? And then I'm thinking, okay, I only have two hours to do this because this is coming up. Versus just like living in that and not worrying about that till it gets there. 
Yeah, I, I would make uh, a guess or a prediction that we probably spend at least three quarters of our time thinking about things in the future or the past, as you mentioned there with that quote. Uh-huh. And what you're trying to uh, describe or what that quote is trying to highlight is we don't focus on what's right in front of us, like the present. Like that's really the only thing that you can control, at least to some oh, degree. Oh, 100%. But again, as you mentioned, you're like, well, what's next? You know, I'm a little bit anxious. Like, what are my plans later on today? Or what do I have to do in this upcoming work week? But instead, you should be like thankful and working on what it is right in front of you. But well, it's not that easy. Well, right. Or the relationships or like the work you've got going on or the project. And it's like you get caught in this like cycle and where you're just trying to dig yourself out. You're like, okay, focus, 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 focus. And sometimes it's so hard when you're telling yourself to focus on that, to actually focus on it. And uh, I thought the future is more resolved than you think. Like, we worry about the future, but, like, worrying about it, it doesn't make it, it anything happen differently. Like, it might change our actions a little bit right now. Right. But, again, that we're just do- our actions are just all about what's coming up, not about what's going on right now. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the things, things a lot of the time... Things are going to happen how they're going to happen. You can shape them a little bit. You can influence them. You can be consistent. You can put the work in. But at the end of the day, like sometimes things just shake out the way they shake out. So by focusing on what you're going to do right now, like the, the future will resolve itself. Like it's, it's going to pan out the way it's going to pan out to a certain extent. And I just thought that was super interesting because I'm like, okay, my next way to optimize and like better myself is like focusing on like blocks of time meaning like that window of like okay i'm within a 10 minute window or a 30 minute window like how do i focus all my energy on what's going on in the next 30 minutes versus what i have going on three hours from now like thinking about oh what am i gonna and this is it comes back to decisions right i'm sitting at work going well what am i gonna make for dinner mm. what am I, like that's a decision i have to make but now i'm worrying about it now i'm thinking about that I go, what am I going to do after that? What, what chores do I have to do tonight? And I'm thinking about all this stuff I've got going on later. It's like, no, I need to be working on what I've got now because I'm going to be happier and I'm not going to be so distracted. I like that a lot. Yeah, to piggyback on top of that, I would say, what are my intentions in this allotted amount of time? Knowing that will help me stay a little bit more focused and I can relate. Like, There are plenty of times throughout a day where I'm starting to lose my focus. Like I'm thinking of something else that's going to be upcoming when it's like, okay, that is true. You know, you've got that upcoming meeting that you might be a little bit nervous about or worried, whatever it is, or you got to go run some errands and your mind's not at the task at hand. So what I try to do, and again, this is a lot easier said than done, is just trying to become more self-aware of when that does happen and kind of take a step back saying, Yes, I recognize that those are upcoming events, but right now let's try to focus on the present and what I need to do now mm-hmm. because every time, every place and time has like dedicated intentions or it should. And that's kind of how I stage my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tying that in here, like every room in my house has a purpose whether or not you would agree with that, but to me, it does. What's well, your house? I don't, I don't well, agree with that. I, I know, but anyhow, like I have a room, which the room that we're in is used for creative ideas, podcasting, sharing our thoughts with others, whereas my bedroom is a place strictly for me to sleep, relax, recharge. 
I try not to bring any technology into the bedroom because that's going to get me distracted. It's going to provide me, you know, an anxious state of mind because I get into that doom scrolling where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, what's everyone else doing? And then I have a separate room located for more of my uh, day-to-day business work where I focus strictly on that. And then obviously there's other parts of the home. I'm not going to go through everything. But the point being is you should try to find more intentions or more purpose in your time and Mm -hmm. what you're trying to do with it versus, okay, yeah, I do have to do this, but, oh, I also have to do that. Like try to stay focused Mm -hmm. as best as you can. And there's plenty of other alternatives out there or strategies in terms of how to stay more present and focused on what's in front of you. But that's kind of... How I cope with it to this point is just recognizing being self-aware when my mind starts to drift away from what it is I'm doing. And really, one of the biggest things as I reach over here is this darn phone. If I can have this not in the same room, mm-hmm. my focus it's goes so much through the roof. This, Even just this in the room will make me want to get up and go grab That's it. because you know it's there, Like You're right? addicted. Yep. It's designed to make you want to go scroll and do whatever the heck you want to do on it. So, yeah. No, I love that. I got to I gotta ask a, a question because we're talking about being intentional with your time. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, do you use to-do lists? Like, do you make to-do lists? Do you have a certain time when you make to-do lists? That's a good question. Um, there are definitely times that I go through or periods of time that I do make to-do lists, but I don't do them religiously or okay. every day. I, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that prefer a to-do list. And, and I'm not saying that I don't, but sometimes to-do lists can be counterintuitive uh, where you've got a long list and mm-hmm. that list always seems to grow and never really shrink and that can add anxiety right, to your right. life. And tying this back into our venture here, we've had plenty of meetings early on where we started to map out every little thing. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't we try to take this a step higher and figure out what is the overall objective or outcome that we're trying to get to? And then we can sweat the other stuff later on, or we don't need to right, worry too much. Right, do activities that, yeah. that go towards that, right? Exactly. Like, you don't have to worry about every single thing. But again, as we always say, it's subjective or relative. It depends on the, the situation that you're in. So I would say that more times than not, I don't really create a to-do list, but every now and then I do. Well, and I recognize it's okay if I don't finish it. Well, right. That's the hard part with it, though. Yeah. Is like, so I did a... Uh... I asked you that because I actually read. I was reading like the blinks on Blinkist of Limitless, and there was another book I couldn't. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like one of the things for like being high like highly productive was creating to do lists. But I think I think the counterproductive part of that is like if you just create a to do list without really giving it enough thought, mm-hmm. it can be totally like actually bad for like your like your feeling of of satisfaction or happy stress level because. If you create a to-do list and it's like X, you know, let's say it's got ten things on it, yeah, but you haven't accounted for what you've already got, like what could come up, like okay, I've got ten things on this list today, right? But you're like, you've also got a job or a a, a lifestyle that's got things that get funneled in, mm-hmm. right? Where like that to-do list might have been totally irrational, but then you end the day going, man, I didn't get it all done, right? Like I I, I was a failure today, like this stuff I didn't get done. That actually happened to me, which I didn't go down the wormhole of like I'm a failure, but I did a I did a to-do list like Thursday night. Just like kind of I was like, okay, there's some stuff I want to get done. 
And like, I got I was got that to, the to do list where I told you you need to create forty new clips for us. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. I would have scratched that. <laughs> that would have I would have crumpled that one up and thrown out the window. Uh, no, it was it had like all this different stuff that was I was lay, I was laying in bed that night and I read this like article about if you're laying in bed stressing about something or like your mind's running, just do something about it versus just laying there and overthinking things. Mm. So I'm laying there thinking about what I got going on and this stuff. I'm like, screw it. Like, uh, you know, how do I, how do I take a, uh, take action to address this? Like overthinking. So I'm not like, I'm laying here like awake anyway. So I might as well do something about it. Like my brain's running, use it. So I put made a duty list and I did some like research on a few things and like reached out to our church for Blake's baptism. So I was like, okay, well I might as well use my energy. Yeah. Um, but my to-do list was like, it's funny because I went back and looked at it, like I looked at it at the end of Friday, and I wasn't upset with myself because I was like, okay, do this. It was like, uh, you know, schedule Ava's horse shows for the <laughs> second half of the year, like schedule baptism. There was like eight, eight, nine different things on it, and then like below that is like, oh, by the way, you've got a regular job too. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. So like all this stuff that I had planned out to do was like really kind of just like things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily like a to do list for that day, which comes into like I feel like to do lists have to be a little bit more strategic and not so like like I don't do well when I have my whole life planned out for me. I do very well when I have like the freedom to like jump between ta- like jump to whatever's hot for me and then have like some big items. So like 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 hey, my big item today is I need to resolve this issue, right? And however I want to do that, that's fine. But I don't do well with like a checklist like thing because. A lot of the times, like my in my brain, my checklist is going to be way longer than what I can actually accomplish the next day. Totally, yeah, you're spot on with all of that. I think if anything, this is a recommendation that I would make. Whether or not you want to implement it, is if you do prefer to do list and you're struggling with, you know, that feeling of satisfaction, maybe make it a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. You know, that's okay. As you said, like you you can come up with a very long list and then you might feel a little bit disappointed or whatever feeling you might associate with not, you know, crossing everything out. Mm-hmm. What are the top three things you would like to get done? Three might seem like a low number, but again, back into what are the most important things that I need to focus on? And another recommendation, and again, there's plenty of other strategies out there. You you have people that are in this camp and then there's people that are not in this camp, but start your day by eating the frog. Have you ever heard that? Sound? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Keep Which going. I just learned about this uh, fairly recently in terms of that term. I'm like, or phrase, I'm like, what does that mean? And eat the frog means like start with the most challenging thing uh-huh. to get your day started. And that's, get it out of the way, basically. Exactly. Get that out of the way. It's going to help you feel that sense of pride or accomplishment and then you can tackle, you know, the other things that you would like to get done. But again, it goes back to having your priorities in place and knowing like what are my intentions or what are my purpose, what's my purpose for the day instead of, okay, I've got a hundred different things that I got to run through. To me, that means you're not entirely organized and you don't really have your priorities in order right. as well. Right. Now, you could debate that that's not true, but again, you can't do everything. We underestimate what we can do in a year or in a day, but no, we, we overestimate, overestimate what we can we, do in a day. Thank you. You underestimate what we can do in a year. That's why. Yeah. You're my, <laughs> I got my you, partner bro. over there. I got man. you, bro. I'm brain dead here on Monday evening. Uh, no, I think uh, <laughs> I think you're spot on too, and I think um, coming back to like 
you know, some some like work, like I guess things like our listeners can do. Like, well, we can practice, and I'm gonna start practicing. Is I just thought of this as we were talking about it. You know, you're saying like, you know, three. Let's say it's three goals, right? Three three to do list, right? Whatever they are. Like, if you can mark those off, and I was thinking, like, okay, like for me, that might not work, right? How am I gonna apply this? So I think finding a balance. We're gonna use that, but like finding, uh, I think to do lists mm-hmm. are good for like. I don't think it has to be a to-do list, but more of like a, you know, here's my weekly goals or here's like, here's my priorities for the week. And then you can space them out. So like if I spend, I might start, maybe I'll start this weekend, this coming weekend, because it's Monday. I don't, I want to start fresh. and I got other stuff going on, but maybe starting next week to set a goal for myself is Sunday night, I'll sit down and say, Hey, what do I want to get accomplished this week? Right. So it might, it might be a list of like 20 things, but now I've got now I can fill that stuff in as I go and go okay I'm not going to be super upset with myself if it's not all done this week but what are some, and then what's my top priorities okay here's my 20 things but these five things definitely have to be done right no matter what these five things have to be done some of these other things can move on so maybe I'll try that I think it's I think it's finding a flavor that works I do like the idea of like kind of to do lists or reminders mm. um, reminders always help me when I've got so much other stuff going on, like, okay, I do get this done, but I did run into that trap like last week. I was like, dude, that's like, there was no way I could have accomplished that stuff on Friday. It was like, right. Yeah. And my, my problem too with that, and I I have this happen frequently myself when creating to-do lists from time to time is you come up with that initial list and then your mind starts to think, oh, well, I need to add this too, uh-huh. or no, I, I should have a sub bullet under that task. And then that's where you start to, again, like get a little bit, yeah, distracted and deviate away from what you should really be focusing on. So I think uh, we've definitely shared some good recommendations in terms of how to combat that. But as we've said, there's plenty of other alternatives out there as well. So let me ask you this, because every time I come in your house, I see different books. What what's like the most? What book are you reading right now? Um, I am reading Superhuman. Okay, How to Age Backwards by Dave Osprey. Okay, I feel like you've mentioned that. Yeah, I probably have on one of our episodes uh, a couple weeks back. But yeah, I mean, it's super intriguing to me because, and we've talked about it, biohacking. Uh-huh. I want to upgrade my my life, and as we quote unquote age, I want to turn back father time and I still want to, you know, be faster, better, stronger, et cetera, et cetera. So, so to that point, do you like, have you continued, like, have you consistently made reading like a big part of like your daily routine or like, do you read a few times a week? Like, Mm, I used to have that carved out very consistently where I'd read every single day for at least 30 minutes. Um, And that's changed over the past couple of years. Um, And this will probably ebb and flow throughout the rest of my life. Like books are fantastic. They're amazing because it's like getting insight into someone else's mind when you don't really get the opportunity to actually meet them in person. Right. However, my problem that I started to recognize, and I wouldn't really say it, it as a problem, but if you keep reading all these books, like, great, but, like, you want to apply what you're learning in your life, and you also want to live your own life. Like, if you read, you know, 10 million books in your lifetime, great, but, like, were you really living your own life? Right. Like, 
books are great, but they should only be tools to help you better your life. And like, you shouldn't just use those as like the only thing to progress and get better, like live your own life, write your own story. So like I've kind of taken a little bit of a more balanced approach in terms of how much time I'm spending reading. Now, again, that's probably going to shift as I grow and mature uh, in my life. But like, again, I'm not so caught up on, okay, I've got to read X number of hours every single day because maybe one day I'd spend more time working on my startup or, you know, I've got more time to work out and, you know, build some muscle. Like that goes back to finding that balance Mm -hmm. in your life. And there's not one unique or one right answer to how you find that balance in your life. But again, books are amazing, but, I recognize they're not everything as well. Well, it sounds like you've got well, you've got a like very specific opinion on it, which is which I like is that you know read just like anything you read, like take like take with a grain of salt, like and read it. But then, like if you all you're doing is reading stuff and not taking the time to like actually use it, like what's yeah, knowledge is useless if it's not being applied. applied, Right? Yeah. So. I try to switch up my reading as well in terms of the, the genre, their topics. I mean, it's still all uh, nonfiction. Maybe I need to sprinkle some fiction back into my life. I mean, I haven't read fiction since like Dude, early grade that's school, my like Harry Potter. I love fan- <laughs> like fantasy and fiction. I think it's actually really good for the brain and helping spark creative. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are you reading? It sounds like you're using Blankist. I use Blinkist. Or Blink- yeah, yeah. What's it called? It's called Blinkist. Blinkist. Like B-L-I-N-K. By the way, Blinkist, you guys should sponsor us. Um, shout out. It's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. And what it does is it takes like, I mean, uh, millions and millions of books, right? Name mm-hmm. a book, it's probably in here. Yeah. And it breaks it down into blinks. They're called blinks. And it's, it takes like the big main points from the chapters and summarize it, like the big main points of the books, and then it summarizes them into like 15 to 20 minutes of reading. It's a digital version of SparkNotes. It literally is. It's SparkNotes. Yeah. yeah. I, I use something like that, um, a competitor called Headway, I believe. I love it, though. Yeah. So if any of those companies are out there listening, we would love to partner with you guys. Well, I think it's cool. Yeah, 100%. I think it's uh, it's neat because I'm a big fan of it. Because I don't have to take that much time, but I could still get that value out of those books. Like I would never read a fantasy novel, and I would never go to that app and like read something like a Harry Potter book. Yeah, but for me, that's fun reading. That's like enjoyable, like really disconnect reading. Like this kind of reading to me is like I want to get like you're trying to squeeze the juice out of the lemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want the con- I want the the meat on the bone, right? I I, I don't really care about. No offense, like most of these little background stories and stuff, like give me something I can use. You're optimizing and, your time. And give man. it to me quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like if I if I'm not I don't I don't want to hear you know, this is just how my brain works is if I can meet you in person, I want to hear the whole backstory. But if I'm gonna read your book, like the only reason I'm reading it is not to find out all about who you were as a person. I wanna find out like what you did to get to where you got. Yeah, you're getting the TLDR. Yeah. You ever heard of that? No. Too long, didn't read. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, I mean, I, and I've, I've got so many books. Like, I'm like that. I'm the airport. I've said, I'm the airport book buyer. Like, I buy a book every time I'm at the airport. <laughs> like, every single my wife just wants to kill me. Every time I come home from a trip, I, the only, this is the, probably the last, this is the first trip in a long time 
I went to Arizona that I did not buy a new book. And I just, because I just didn't, like, I didn't take the time to go on a, it was like, my flight back was early. You're changing habits. Well, I brought a book with me. Okay. To start, and I didn't finish it, but I started it. Yeah. Do you prefer digital or paper? Paper. Yeah, 1,000% here. Digital is more convenient because you can take it, like, everywhere. Totally, but I struggle with retaining it as well when it's in a digital format versus Well, unless you're on, like, a Kindle, it's, like, those are specifically made for just books. Right. Like, if you're reading a book on your phone, it's, like... You get a text that pops up if you you check it. Or you do, like... Like, that was a decent... Like, you read a sentence, you go, okay... Right, I, I accomplished reading one thing. Let me go browse the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like it's like again, like you're not eliminating any of the distraction. Those damn these things cell are phones, seriously. Man. Yeah, I did have one hack, and then uh, I think we wrap it up for the day. If you're yeah. you're that, but I was really happy about this. So I figured out on my phone. I've been holding my. I never hold my phone during these episodes, but I'm holding it. Can you guys see it? Okay, no, you can't. If you can see it, in the camera. I wish we could zoom in. On my mail apps on my phone, I have all my I have like four email accounts: my work, two personal, and then like a spam account for like stuff, right? Your burner accounts, yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but I've got like it, like for the longest time, I get those little red numbers that show up on there, right? Oh yeah. And I've cre- I've had a bad habit lately, very unhealthy, of like checking my email. Like it's like it's like the doom scroll. Yep. But like for checking emails. Yeah, I've gotten into that too. Yeah. yeah. And so I went on there on Friday and I said, I'm going to turn all those banners off. So I can never know. I never know. And it's helped me so much because I don't know if I'm getting new emails or not. So I'm not even str- I'm not even thinking about it. So I've done that for the last like two years. Oh my gosh. It's so beneficial. I'm not, no, I'm not going to like act like it is. To a certain point, at least I'm speaking from my experience, it is. like When I first started, it was nice. But then I think it starts to become counterintuitive because you still get like that itch and you're like, oh, wait, maybe like it just didn't update or something. So you still go into, or I still go into the app and check and I'm looking at it more than I would be when I would look at it if I actually got a notification. Well, see, I, I, for me, I'm like, I'm hoping this works. I'm hoping this is I hope like... it does too. I'm hoping it's a little trick of my mind where my mind's like, oh, like, who cares what's in there? You can get to it later. It's an email. If they really need you, to call your cell phone. Yeah, amen to that. I think we live too much out of our inboxes, which is ridiculous. And I'm starting to you know, take that to, to heart even more because it's just ridiculous the amount of time that I'm spending emailing oh people it's just like is this really that important and maybe it is but as you said like if it's truly that important they'll reach out to you via phone give call. me a call myself what yeah. happened to phone calls yeah what does everybody want us what everybody wants to send an email quick and easy the lazy way yeah, but it's way much for me like, i'm that person that's like it's way more easier for me to call you yeah than it is for me to move my and i'm a quick typer but and also like last thought emails I wish we could get a do away for the emails for good. Okay, so I'm like I'm, but emails are reactive, not proactive. By nature, yeah, I would agree with that. A book that I read recently, um, shoot, what's it called? Um, it's on the tip of my tongue here. Deep work. The guy, the author, Cal Newport, he talks about how he puts an out of office when he's he's a professor i believe yeah. um 
or at least he's done this in the past. He's a professor. He writes books. So whenever he's deep in his research, he'll put like an out of office on his inbox and like he just won't respond for long periods of time, like six weeks or right. something like that, which is that that thought where you said like, let's get rid of emails triggered that. So Dude, like, I seriously want to. Yeah. Like if I could just run my life off of like just texting or phone calls, like that's how my mind operates. Like I just, yeah. I'd rather talk it through. Well, it's more personal too. Yeah. You can read intent a little bit more in tone, whereas on a text message, you don't know if someone's angry, mm-hmm. upset, nervous, sad, etc. And you can misinterpret that too. You know, you could think someone's fine and they're not, or vice versa. So yeah, that's where ideally human interaction face to face is number one. Phone call would be better slash FaceTime, which still isn't ideal, but it's better than the well, last it's, resort it's of texting or uh, email. It's the fastest way to get to come to a resolution for stuff. Like, yeah. I don't need, if you send me an email, three questions, it'd have been way faster if you just called me and I'd answer your three questions. Yes. One last thought too with that though. There are instances where text messaging makes the most sense. Oh, 100%. Especially like yeah. if it's something where you just need a quick yes or no answer or like a confirmation, like, hey, are you coming over tonight at six to record? Like I'm not that, against. I'm not against. I know texting. you're. I know you're not. But I just wanted to throw that out there yeah. to listeners that might be like, "Well, should I just not text or anything like that?" And we're not saying that, but there are definitely situations where, you know, it's better to get on the phone and talk with someone versus trying to keep uh, explaining things via text. And then there are situations where it's like, okay, I just need a quick acknowledgement or I need something answered via you know text because it's just a yes or a no, and then you move on instead of, "Hey, Cole." Are you coming over tonight? Yeah. And then we hang up. Like, that could easily be achieved over, you know, a 20 keystroke text message. But how fast was that call, though? Well, it would probably take at least six seconds. How fast was the keystroke? Three seconds. <laughs> That's that theory. Let's do it. We'll do it offline, folks. We'll do a, we're testing that hypothesis. All right, guys. Uh, we are going to wrap up for the night, I think. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, as always. We've got a f- actually a lot of guests coming up here in May and June. Some pretty amazing uh, stories and insight and just just cool stuff going on. Some great personalities. Some great personalities. Some world-class personalities. And uh, we just appreciate you guys listening, commenting, sharing, and engaging with us. We're going to we're going to keep putting stuff out there. Hopefully you guys liked the content we released tonight and we appreciate the uh, opportunity to Share some 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 wisdom with you guys. Maybe not always wisdom, but <laughs> hey, we can't be perfect every day. No, nope, but we try. Nope. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks.